Hey, what's up, guys? Hello, and welcome to episode 45 of Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and we got NFL football back, baby. I'm uh, going to be re- recapping that Thursday night football game and then previewing every game from this Sunday and Monday slate. So let's get right on into it. All right, so before we actually get into the recap, there's two pieces of NFL news I want to talk about that just happened. So first off, Eric McCoy, the starting center for the New Orleans Saints, got a five-year uh, contract up to $63.75 million. Um, I think that's a great deal. He's a good player, well-deserved. Uh, consistency at center is really key to success in a good offensive line. So I think the Saints got that now and that they'll continue. Um, they got a key piece of their foundation locked up for the next five years. Really good by them. On the opposite end of the spectrum, though, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens could not reach a deal. Um, this is big news, obviously, as Lamar Jackson already at MVP at, what, only like 24 years old? 25 years old, my bad. So the 25-year-old quarterback, he should be an amazing quarterback for the next, hopefully, 10 years. But they we're not able to get to contract agreements, probably because of his riskier playing style, like just taking all those hits. The And Lamar wants that fully guaranteed contract, so they probably just weren't able to get to a conclusion on that, which I'm kind of shocked by. I thought that they'd be able to figure something out. Um, We'll see at the end of the year if they will be able to hammer out a contract or if they're going to play the franchise tag waiting game with him. Um, Hopefully not. He deserves the money. And, yeah, storyline to keep uh, keep an eye on. All right, now moving into the Thursday night football recap. And wow, obviously, I was not expecting this. Um, 0 for 1 to start off the year. Not that good, obviously. But hey, we got football back. That's all that really matters. The Bills blew out the Rams by a score of 31 to 10. Um, So I I want to do my recaps. I kind of just want to highlight like three, I'm going to call them three ballers and three fallers from each team. Just kind of highlight the good and the bad of each team, even if they win. Um, I want to talk about still some ways that they could improve and when the teams that lost, I still want to highlight the guys who played well. Um, so we're going to start off with the Bills, Super Bowl favorite, just coming out firing on all cylinders. The offense was a bit slow to get started, turning the ball over. Um, well, not to get started. They came out firing first drive, but then after that kind of slowed down, had some turnovers, but really corrected themselves and dominated the second half. Um, much of that was because of Josh Allen. He went 26 for 31 with 297 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions, along with uh, 10 rushes for 56 yards and a touchdown. Um, the two interceptions, obviously, want to lower that a bit, but one of those was literally ripped out of Isaiah McKenzie's hands. One really put that on him. The other one was just a great play by Troy Hill. And other than that, he was just absolutely electric. Uh, he's the MVP favorite for a reason. And this just continued to show us that, like, we are blessed to be watching such a talented quarterback play in the league at this time. And, yeah, he just hyped us, everyone up watching that game. And also saw a quote that said that he was maniacally laughing every time he got hit. And, like, wow, that's that's a guy who just wants to go out there and ball. You can tell he's having a blast and he's just kicking ass out there and so fun to watch. All right, my second baller I'm putting as Vaughn Miller. Uh, he had four tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, and was just the key piece on this defensive line that, honestly, I could have put the entire defensive line as the ballers here. They just absolutely destroyed the Rams' offensive line. Fun to watch. You had Boogie Basham get an interception, Greg Rousseau with a sack. Um, Jordan Phillips had a couple sacks, too. There was this wrecking havoc 
and creating mayhem. Matthew Stafford was trying these no-look passes, trying to avoid pressure, but just was unable to this whole night. And while that was mostly Vaughn Miller taking advantage of Joseph Noteboom, and also you can tell the impact that he's having on the rest of the team, whether it be just him coaching them up and then also the attention that he's drawing to himself, therefore taking away from the other players on this D-line, this pass rush is going to be even better than what I thought. And then the last uh, baller I want to talk about is Christian Benford. The six-round pick out of Villanova allowed three catches for 55 yards on five targets. And yeah, six-round pick rookie starting against the former or the reigning Super Bowl champion going against mostly Allen Robinson and just winning the matchup all night. Um, Obviously, he got beat a couple times, but for rookie six-round pick, he played phenomenally. He was... Maybe their best cornerback last night, like with Trey White out. And I was concerned about the secondary going into the game. That's why I picked the Rams, because I was like, oh, these wide receivers just going to dominate. But no, I was wrong. This Bills secondary really stepped up and they've got some promising young guys like Christian Benford played good. Dane Jackson, seventh round pick from 2020, played great too. Kyrie Elam, he he didn't see the field that much, like I think he still got like 30 snaps or so, but I was surprised that he was beat out by Benford. But hopefully Kyrie Elam can step up the first round pick from this year and start playing a bit more. And yeah, the secondary is just coming together real nice. And then for the fallers, we have James Cook. He got uh, one carry for two yards and a fumble. Um, just not what you want to see out of your second round pick. He didn't get any action in the passing game. Just it's a non-factor out there. Most of the Running back snaps went to Devin Singletary, and then the passing snaps, which I thought Cook was going to get, went to Zach Moss. So just not a good rookie debut at all, and hopefully it's, I mean, it has to be uphill from here. Like, there's no, unless he just doesn't play again, can't really do much worse than when he put out there last night. And then my second baller is Dawson Knox. He had two targets, one catch, five yards, no touchdowns. Um, He was just a non-factor out there, and... I'm not entirely even like upset about it. He just wasn't really targeted because they didn't need to. Like the wide receivers were winning all night on the outside, no reason to target the middle. And he didn't really give Josh Allen the yeah, he didn't give Josh Allen a reason to be like, oh, let's throw it to Dawson Knox. And then my last faller is Ryan Bates. He gave up only two pressures, but he, he was just getting whooped left and right. Now, to be fair, it was Aaron Donald and then a bit of Greg Gaines doing that. Um, Aaron Donald, obviously, best defensive player to ever play, arguably. So he's going to get his dues against Ryan Bates, who is a in-and-out replacement-level starter. But, yeah, uh, Bates, I did think he stepped it up in the second half, but he had a nine pass-blocking grade per PFF, which is just absolutely atrocious. Like, I think, like, 60, somewhere around 60 is average. So this is just like he was just getting whipped left and right and didn't really show up on the box score because Stafford and this game plan was clearly get the ball out. Or, um, sorry, Josh Allen and this game plan was clearly get the ball out fast to make Josh Allen not a factor. And then they were also sliding protection over trying to double team um, and triple team even Aaron Donald's as much as they could. But so Bates' poor performance didn't really affect this offense too much, but it's still like was a poor performance you know that's what i want to highlight with this ballers and followers segment is even though the bills offense was clicking they're still like okay yeah you can improve in that area 
And then for the Rams, only putting up 10 points, getting blown out by 21 points in the season opener after winning the Super Bowl. Wow. Um, but they still did have a couple players I wanted to highlight. First off, namely, Cooper Cup. Um, just picking up right where he left off, man. 15 targets, 13 catches, 128 yards, and one touchdown. Just being the dominant receiver that we know him to be. When Stafford was in jam, he went to Cup and obviously like Cup balled out. And he had that one nice um, little screen pass creating after the catch. And then my second baller I'm going to put is Troy Hill. He was targeted six times, gave up four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown, but he also had a nice interception. Um, yeah, the Bills were going to get their dude. These are some of the best wide receivers in the league, but Troy Hill looked a lot better now back on the Rams again versus when he was on the Browns last year, uh, picking up right where he left off a couple seasons ago with the Rams and should be one of their better outside corners. He was their best cornerback last year or yeah, last night. Um, so that was good to see that they were are able to still have a strong secondary. Um, I am concerned, honestly, about the rest of the secondary. We'll get into that a bit more later, but at least they have a nice piece there again with Troy Hill. And then my last baller is Daryl Henderson. He saw the majority of the running back snaps, which was shocking. I thought, obviously, Cam Akers would, and he did pretty decent. Um, it was kind of hard to find ballers for the Rams. Like They obviously didn't have that good of a game. Henderson went 13 for 37 uh, rushes and then five targets, five catches, and 26 yards. Uh, but I feel like when you watched him, he just looked a lot better than that stat line. Like he was breaking tackles, running guys over, looking good out there. So, yeah, good. Daryl Henderson stock up, but Cam Akers definitely stocked down a bit. Uh, but Akers isn't one of my followers, mostly just because he didn't see a lot of action. So, didn't want to give him that label. I don't know entirely what's going on there, but. Matthew Stafford is my first follower for the Rams. 29 for 41, 240 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions, and then one rush for two yards. He just looked overwhelmed out there. As I said, he was trying to do these no-look passes. Actually, one of the interceptions was the one over the middle to Cooper Cup that he overthrew. He was trying to do this like, oh, I'm looking at the linebacker, but going this way. And it's like that when it works, it's really cool. But when it doesn't, that's what's going to happen. Stafford led the league in picks last year, or I think tied with like Joe, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, I believe, was the other one. And yeah, he looks like he's going to be around the same again. Um, hopefully he can clean it up a bit. Interesting thing I saw was last year, 16 of Stafford's 17's picks came when the defense was not blitzing. So either a three or four man rush, seven or eight in coverage. And last night, the Bills did not blitz a single time, and they just overwhelmed him. And obviously, like, that means the key to beating Stafford and the Rams is getting pressure with four and being able to drop back. But you need to have a good defensive line, which the Bills clearly do, to be able to do that. And because this offensive line still played kind of decent. Um, Note boom, I don't know what I saw from him. You know, like, I liked some of his reps. He was beating Von Miller on some reps, but he also just absolutely got destroyed by Miller on other reps. So it was kind of like, okay, like you see some positives, you see some negatives, but he was going against Von Miller, one of the greatest pass rushers of this generation. So we'll have to see him against like someone else, see if he's able to hold his own a little bit more, you know? And then my second faller is going to be Jalen Ramsey. He was targeted six times for five catches, 103 yards and two touchdowns. 
Um, yeah, he just didn't look like the Jalen Ramsey of old. The one big 53-yard touchdown on his head, it was a coverage bust, I'd say, more so directly on him. Um, maybe the bust was because of him. It looked like it was like a cover four, and he was trying to pass it off to the safety. I believe it was Jordan Fuller. Maybe it was Taylor Taylor App. I forgot who which safety was back there, but he was trying to pass that off. And bad communication. I don't know. He, he was trying to cover someone underneath instead, but uh, – Probably should have, obviously should have stuck on Diggs there. He just ran right by him. Um, and there was just a couple other times where he was just getting beat. He got beat by Gabe Davis once. And yeah, just not overall, not the performance you would expect out of one of the greatest cornerbacks of this era. And then my third faller is going to be Allen Robinson. He had two targets, one catch for 12 yards and no touchdowns. Um, he was just a non-factor out there. Uh, he got open a couple times, but just wasn't targeted. And yeah, it was just a very confusing game from someone who a lot of people had high expectations for, myself included. Um, don't want to overreact to week one. Hopefully he can get a bit more targets throughout the season. And I still think he will have a good season, but is he just like last year, he wasn't really targeted, didn't really show up. Is that going to be more of the same? Are we past Allen Robinson's prime? As I said, I don't think so, but that is a developing storyline that I think we should keep an eye on. All right, now it's time to preview some of these upcoming games coming up this NFL Sunday. Oh, man, I'm so excited to get back to a full slate of NFL football. Seven hours, commercial-free football upcoming soon. What a time to be alive, guys. All right, the first game I'm going to talk about here is going to be the Saints at Falcons. And um, so I want to talk about, just like I did with the Bills-Rams preview, just the three kind of storylines, matchups, whether whatever it might be that I want to be paying attention to in this game. The first one is the 2015 number one and number two overall picks, Jameis, ooh, sorry, Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are going to be facing off. Winston coming off at ACL, Mariota coming off the last two years being on the bench. Um, who's going to have a better game? How do they look as this the team's full-time starters? Uh, excited to see that. The second thing I want to look out for is AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward, a pretty good cornerback duo for the Finks, probably like one of the more underrated duos, versus Michael Thomas and rookie Chris Olave for the Saints. Um, so we got to see how that matchup's going to play out, who's going to get the upper hand. I kind of think the Falcons might actually have the upper hand in this matchup, but that's going to be one of the key, I feel, swing factors in this game. And then the last one is the opposite side. Um, Drake London, he's currently questionable. Hopefully we get to see him. He might even be doubtful, though. So we'll see if he lines up week one. But him and Kyle Pitts versus Marshawn Lattimore and then Paulson Adebo or whoever else they have covering the other player. Um, I think Kyle Pitts will probably be covered by Marshawn most of the time. He's the number one target for the Falcons and is practically a number one receiver. So you should put your best cornerback on him and see how that plays out. Um, I do like the Saints in this matchup, though. You got uh, Marshawn, one of the top cornerbacks in the league, and then London's a rookie, and Debo should... Uh, he's got, like, that up arrow on him. He should be ascending young player entering year two now. And then for the overall matchup, I do have the Saints winning and then also covering. Um, if you look right there on the graphics, if you are on YouTube, when the spread is green that means that i think that the uh, favorite is going to cover if it's red then i think the underdog will cover um yeah and then so moving on to the second game we have the ravens taking on the jets uh first matchup i want to 
look at is Lamar Jackson. He's coming off injury. How does he look versus this new look Jets defense that added a lot of talent, namely Sauce Gardner and um, Jermaine Johnson. You also got Carl Lawson coming back off injury. So how does that matchup look? Second, we have the aforementioned Sauce Gardner versus Rashad Bateman. Is Bateman going to be able to be this team's number one? Or is Sauce just going to lock down like Sauce was not even targeted in the preseason? Is he just going to continue this dominance and just instantly be like Darrell Weavis out there for them? And then lastly, I want to look at this Jets defensive line versus the Ravens offensive line. The Jets defensive line is pretty good. you got Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson. Um, I really like Bryce Huff too. Solomon Thomas, Quinn and Williams in the middle. Uh, yeah, got to see how these guys all come out, play out. Then we get to see the Ravens with new starting center, Tyler Linderbaum. You got Ben Powers starting out there. Is Ronnie Stanley going to play? He's missed practically the last two seasons. And then a little revenge game for Morgan Wobbles. Um As for how the game goes, I do think that the Ravens win and cover that 7.5 point spread. Uh, the Ravens are just a far superior talent, and the Jets have Joe Flacco going out there. Third game is the Steelers going to the Bengals. The Bengals are six and a half point favorites. Uh, first thing I want to look for is Mitch Trubisky. He's getting a fresh start. How does he look out there? Is he going to, um, is that year off in Buffalo sitting on the bench? Is that going to help him out a lot? Or is he going to still look like the old Bears Trubisky out there? Secondly, I want to see these Steelers wide receivers go against the Bengals CBs. Um, I think this is a strength on strength matchup. The Steelers. Obviously, we've been hyping up the receivers for a while. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, you're adding in um, George Pickens, who I think can be the number one sooner rather than later, despite Deontay Johnson being a pretty good player. And then also Calvin Austin, another rookie, versus the Bengals' defensive backs. you got Shadobia um, Wuzie. He had a really good season last year, was one of the best corners in the league. Eli Apple, who I think is very underrated. like He's average, you know. like That's a lot better than a lot of number two corners. And then Jesse Bates on the back end, hopefully going to play. For everything that I'm seeing is he's going to play. Von Bell, Dax Hill, the rookie. Um, yeah, I feel like this is going to be a really good matchup to watch. And then the lastly, the Bengals wide receivers versus the Steelers defensive backs. Um, Bengals wide receivers might be the best top three in the league. And then the Steelers defensive backs, I'm really curious on... I think they're really high upside, especially at Killer Witherspoon. If he can lock down Jamar Chase or at least like not get completely destroyed by him, that would be signs of good things to come, I believe. Um, I still do have the Bengals winning, though, this matchup, but I do have the Steelers covering that 6.5-point spread. I think it will be a close game that like the Steelers always play tough, especially against divisional opponents. Next up, we got the Patriots going to the Dolphins, who are 3.5-point favorites. Uh, first matchup I'm looking out for is the Dolphins wide receivers versus the New England secondary. Uh, once again, I view this as like a strength versus weakness matchup. The Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, how is that explosive speed going to look? Um, I'm obviously really excited for this, just like many people across the league. And I'm just not too confident in Jonathan Jones, Jalen Mills, and Miles Bryant being able to contain these amazing wide receivers. Second matchup I'm looking at is how do these new offenses look? Uh, new England rolling out there. Both of these guys, both of these teams have second-year quarterbacks at the helm uh, and new play callers, whether it be New England going out there with no offensive coordinator and, I guess, Matt Pat Patricia calling 
the plays. Um, very interesting. We're going to see how that's going to work out. And they also have new targets like Devontae Parker. So just how is this offense going to look now? And then Miami's offense obviously got that whole overhaul with Tyreek Hill coming in. Um, got a lot of speed with the running backs too, a whole new running back room. And Mike McDaniel bringing over his Kyle Shanahan-esque offense. How is that going to look with Tua at the helm? And last thing I want to talk about, the Dolphins' defensive line versus the Pats' offensive line. Um, I've got some concerns about the Patriots' offensive line right now, like trading away uh, Shaquille or Shaq Mason and getting Cole Strange. That's probably going to be a downgrade. How Trent Brown look? Can Isaiah Wynn stay healthy and play good? Versus this Dolphins' defensive line, which just has a crazy deep edge rotation. Does Melvin Ingram still have it in him? How does uh, last year's first-round pick look? Uh, Jalen Phillips. So, yeah, I expect the Dolphins to win this matchup. They are the better team overall, I believe. But as I said with the Steelers, the Patriots are always just a tough out. I think the Patriots will cover. And then we have the Jags going to the Commanders. The Commanders are favored by three and a half points. Uh, first off, does Jacksonville look competent? Last year, they did not. Urban Meyer had this team looking like a train wreck out there. So can Jacksonville at least be like competitive and look good out there? Uh, does Trevor Lawrence look like he's got command of the offense? Does this team look like that they have a direction to go in this year? That's really like what I want to see coming out of this game. Like even no matter who wins, I won't be like, okay, at least Jacksonville knows who they are. The second thing I'm looking at is Carson Wentz playing for his new team. And the last time he played the Jacksonville Jaguars was that week 18 meltdown, which costed them to miss the playoffs going against the worst team in the league last year. Couldn't even beat him. And that caused him to get shipped off to Washington. Um, can he get revenge? Can he look better? Is he going to be the Carson Wentz we saw in 2017 where he was an MVP candidate or is he going to be the one in 2020 where he was the worst starting quarterback or is he going to be like somewhere in between and then the third matchup we got to talk about the number one overall pick Trayvon Walker versus Washington's O-line um, Washington's O-line I feel like it's just average across the board so this is a pretty good matchup to see okay if Trayvon Walker can win then he's at least like better than average right out the gate which is what you want to see obviously out the number one overall pick and i'm buying the jaguars hype right now i think that this team is a lot better and trevor lawrence is maybe not year one going to be an mvp candidate but like in the future he's going to be one of these elite quarterbacks we're talking about every year so i have the jags winning and then obviously covering that spread and then we have the Niners, who are seven and a half point favorites, going to Chicago to face off against the Bears. This is Trey Lance's real debut. Um, like, yeah, he had a couple games last year, but this is like his team now. So this is the debut of Trey Lance as his team. How's it going to look? You got the Trey Lance offense in there. Is there going to be a lot of running plays? Are they going to pass it a lot? Um, I feel like this is a good defense to go against first week because it's not exactly the best team. So it's exciting to see. Like, he has a chance to get off to a real hot start here. Second, um, the Bears secondary versus the Niners weapons. I actually do, like, I'm, I'm optimistic about the Bears secondary. You got Jalen Johnson, third-year cornerback, who's been looking really good so far. Um, Kyler Gordon, I really like that pickup. And then the safeties are really good with Eddie Jackson and then another second-round rookie in Jaquan Brisker. So I'm really excited to see how these guys play. And they got a really tough matchup, though, right out the gate. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle. Hopefully George Kittle plays. That's another thing kind of to keep an eye on. He's right now questionable, so we'll have to see all that. 
And then the Niners defensive line versus the Bears offensive line. Talk about a strength versus a weakness. Nick Bosa, I think, is just going to feast against this Bears offensive line. Um, we're going to see just how much of a problem I believe it is this week. And I think the Niners, because of this defensive line and because of a good enough offense, especially hopefully Trey Lance can be more than good enough, but we'll have to see with that. But I still feel confident, even if Trey Lance is just all right, that the Niners will win and cover the seven and a half point spread. And then we have the Browns going to Carolina facing the Panthers, who are two and a half point favorites. Um, Biggest storyline here is Baker Mayfield going against his former team, Jacoby Brissett, on the opposite sideline, the man who's replaced him for now because Deshaun Watson isn't playing. Um, Yeah, that's obviously the number one thing to watch in this game. Can Baker use that anger, that chip on his shoulder, that they doubted me mentality that has fueled him, the underdog mentality that's fueled him in the past? Can he bring that here to Carolina and just dominate i hope so i want to see that i want to see baker just absolutely pop off against this team and then how does Brissett look like as a starter again very middling quarterback conservative um does he kind of try to unlock it a bit more here in in, um cleveland with the browns does he try to show like hey i can still be a starter in this league i'm not just a backup caliber guy and then we got the Browns defensive line versus the Panthers offensive line. Once again, a strength on weakness. Miles Garrett could just feast, especially against rookie Ikemakwanu. Uh, but the Panthers have made some additions, like as I said, Ikemakwanu. You got um, Bozeman at center and Corbett at guard. This offensive line should be better, but they're going against a hell of a competition to see how they're doing. And then this Browns ground game versus the Panthers run D. I'm not the most confident in the Panthers run defense. So this, like, and the Browns might have the best rushing attack in the whole league with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson. Um, despite that, though, I still feel like the Panthers are able to cover and win this game. And then we have the Colts, who are eight and a half point favorites, going to the Texas to take on the Texans. Uh, Matt Ryan, how does he look in this new situation? Is he going to be the same quarterback in uh, Atlanta that we've seen for years, like someone who's good, but still leads a bit to be desired. And it's just like, can't get it done in the end zone for whatever freaking reason. Second thing I'm looking at is Michael Pittman versus Derek Stingley. Um, super exciting matchup. I'm a bit lower on Pittman, so maybe he can prove me wrong this game going against Derek Stingley, who I'm extremely high on. I'm just excited to see this. I think Stingley is going to kind of sh- show up and show people like, hey, I'm for real, like this doubt over me these last two years because I've been injured and not wanting to play for a poor LSU team. Like I'm shutting that up right now and I'm excited to watch that matchup. And then lastly, Cooks versus Gilmore. Brandon Cooks, the quietly one of the best receivers in the league, just always putting up numbers no matter what team he's on, who's throwing it to him. He's always a good receiver, very speedy guy, good deep threat versus Stephon Gilmore who played well quietly for the Carolina Panthers last year after being traded away from the Patriots 2019 defensive player of the year just two aging veterans who I still think can be some of the tops at their position so that should be a great matchup and then I do have the Colts winning this game but I think the Texans will be able to keep it a bit closer than this eight and a half point spread Then we have the Eagles, who are four-and-a-half-point favorites, going to face the Lions in Detroit. First matchup I want to watch are the Eagles wide receivers versus the Lions secondary. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. That's a super exciting matchup that I want to see 
Um, could be one of the best wide receiver duos in the league going against uh, Jeffrey Akuda and Amani Arawarie. Uh I really want Akuda to have a good game, but I'm worried. Like this, this is a bad first matchup for him to go against. Um, but we get to see Akuda back in action for the first time since his rookie year. I think he might have played like one game last year, but either way, he's got to prove that he belongs in this league sooner rather than later. Then we have the Lions defensive line versus the Eagles offensive line. Um, I've been raving about how good and deep this edge group is for the Lions. The interior group has some question marks, a lot of young guys, but either way, um, excited to see how they do versus the Eagles, who might be the best offensive line in the league. So this is a strength on strength matchup that I just want to see them bully each other. And then talking about strength on strength matchup, we got the Eagles defensive line versus the Lions offensive line. Um, the second team Eagles defensive line would be one of like be an average team's starting offensive line. And then the Lions also might have the best offensive line in the league. It's between them, the Eagles, the um, the Browns are up there, the Packers, those guys are all like I view as the top lines. Um, but yeah, the Lions just are loaded on that offensive line. So who's gonna win that strength on strength matchup? Uh, I think the Eagles win and cover this four-and-a-half-point spread. The Lions, I just feel like, aren't quite there, and I'm really excited to see what the Eagles do this season. Then we got the Raiders going to L.A. facing the Chargers, who are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, first matchup I want to watch is the Raiders' weapons versus the Chargers' defensive backs. Um, putting defensive backs because, obviously, one of the weapons is Darren Waller versus Derwin James. I think Derwin James does have the upper hand there. Uh, he's typically has been able to do good against him, but Devontae Adams, they don't have JC Jackson, the Chargers, so Devontae Adams versus uh, Asante Samuel, I guess, is going to be covering him. Maybe Michael Davis. We'll have to see how that goes. I think Devontae Adams obviously has the major upper hand there, and then Hunter Renfro in the slot going against Bryce Callahan. If it's Bryce Callahan from last year, that might be even a bigger disadvantage for the Chargers. Um so this is going to be a high-scoring affair because I feel like the Raiders are going to be, be able to pass it a lot. But one thing that might hinder them is the Chargers' defensive line going against the Raiders' offensive line. Um, not too concerned about like pressure up the middle versus the Raiders. I think Andre James is pretty average starting center versus going going against Stephon. Um, sorry, Sebastian Joseph Day, pretty average defensive tackle. But these edges could have a day. Khalil Mack versus Colton Miller, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch. I think they both had their dues against each other in the past couple games that they've played. So we're going to have to see who wins this matchup. And then Joey Bosa is just going to eat Jermaine Illuminor. So the Raiders are going to have to get the ball up fast against this Chargers team. And then the third matchup I'm watching is Max Crosby versus Trey Pipkins. Um... Crosby might be the single reason why it's Trey Pipkins out there instead of Storm Norton. Last time these two teams faced, Crosby put up 13 pressures. Is he going to be able to do something similar again versus Trey Pipkins, who was was a charger last year on the bench? So, yeah, that's going to be another exciting matchup to watch here. And I have the Raiders pulling the upset, winning and covering. Um, I just, this these teams are so similar to how they were last year, despite obviously all this hype for each of them i feel like the raiders just added a tiny bit more maybe if jc jackson actually definitely if jc jackson was there i'd lean a bit more to the chargers but without jc jackson I'm kind of feeling like the raiders they overcame their poor offensive line last time i feel like they can do it again 
And then we have the Packers, who are one-and-a-half-point favorites, going to Minnesota to face off the Vikings. Uh, number one matchup I'm excited to watch, Justin Jefferson versus Jair Alexander, elite on elite. After last night, Jair might be the best corner because, man, Ramsey didn't look good. So potentially the best corner in the league versus potentially the best wide receiver in this league. This is going to be a fun matchup to watch all night. Um, and then we got the Packers wide receivers going against the Vikings corners. Um, this is kind of like instead of strength on strength, like a weakness on weakness. Like who's going to win this battle? You got uh, rookie Romeo Dobbs, week one, Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard going against Pat Pete. Um, what's his face? Cameron Dantzler and whoever else are going to be rolling out there. And then we got the Packers offensive line going against the Vikings pass rush. Um, this is a strength on strength right here, I believe. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, I believe, last I saw, are slated to start week one, which is obviously very good, like boosting this offensive line instantly. Two of the best tackles in the league right now. Elton Jenkins can play anywhere, but I think he's supposed to be starting at right tackle. And then the Vikings pass rush, um, revenge game for Zadarius Smith, and then Daniil Hunter coming back healthy could be one of the best duos in the whole league. But despite that, I still have the Packers winning and covering that one-and-a-half-point spread. It's a small spread, but I think the Packers are one of the best teams in the league and will show everyone, remind everyone why they are such a phenomenal team. And then we have the New York Giants going to Tennessee, taking on the Titans, who are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, we're going to get to see Brian Dable's offense, who's one of the best offensive coordinators for the past couple seasons, one of the most creative minds in the game, and taking over a new team as a head coach versus Ray Rolls defense, who he was able to take all these backup players and underrated guys, unknown guys last year, and still have a overall solid defense. So this is just a strength on strength coaching matchup I'm excited to look out for. Um, and one of the matchups I'm looking at most closely is the Titans defensive line versus the Giants offensive line. Uh, the jo offensive line for the Giants, I believe, is heading in the right direction. They got a couple key pickups, including Evan Neal, a rookie first-round, fifth-overall pick. So we'll have to see how he looks in his debut versus the Titans defensive line, who the interior looks good. Dineko Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, that's a great interior duo. Probably one of the best. I'd have to look at all of them, but I'd assume like top three in the league at least. And But the edge rushers are not looking good, whether you have... Rashad Weaver and Bud Dupree out there. That looks like it's going to be the starting duo. Just not too confident in that with Harold Landry going out for the year. And then the last thing I want to look at is Kayvon Thibodeau's. Hopefully he's going to make a debut here. Him and Aziz Aljilari are both doubtful right now. So hopefully I hope that this third thing actually happens with Thibodeau's debut. I really want him to see how he looks versus this Titans offensive line, namely um, their right tackle, Nicholas petit Friere, the rookie third-round pick. Um, so rookie on rookie right there, kind of like who's going to win that matchup. Obviously, you would hope the seventh overall pick will win that matchup. But yeah, I want to see Thibodeau in his debut. Um, despite Thibodeau probably winning that matchup, I still have the Titans winning and covering. They're just a far superior team. And, um, and like the Giants, I think they are... They do have some hope for the future, but not really as much hope for the present. And then we have the Chiefs being three and a half point favorites going to Arizona, facing off with the Cardinals. How do these Chiefs wide receivers look against the Cardinals defensive backs? Um, kind of the same thing with the Packers. They The Chiefs traded away uh, the top wide receiver, and now they have a bunch of 
less proven guys, but I still think these wide receivers are going to be better than the Chiefs or than the Packers, obviously. And they get to go against such Cardinals defensive backs who honestly aren't that big of a strength. Um, you got Marco Wilson, fourth round pick from last year. Trayvon Mullen, who just got traded away from the Raiders because he couldn't start there. And the Raiders are one of the worst secondaries in the league. Uh, next up, I want to watch the Cardinals wide receivers versus the Chiefs defensive backs. Um, Trent McDuffie making his debut for the Chiefs going against Marquise Brown making his debut for the Cardinals. How's that going to play out? Who's going to get the upper hand there? And then lastly, the Cardinals linebackers versus Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is getting up there in age, but he still should have plenty of juice. And then these Cardinals linebackers, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, how do they look? They're young guys who have a lot of potential. Um, despite that, though, I still feel like the Chiefs are going to win and cover that three and a half point spread. And then the Sunday night game, we got the Buccaneers as one and a half point favorites going to Jerry's world, facing off with the Cowboys. Uh, number one matchup I want to watch is this Cowboys defensive line versus the Bucks offensive line. The Bucks offensive line is trending in the wrong direction, but they still have a strong tackle duo. How, how do they face off against Micah Parsons and uh, Sam Williams, the rookie, Tank Lawrence? Uh, are the Cowboys going to be able to disrupt Tom Brady enough where he just can't function, or is Tom Brady going to be Tom Brady and this offensive line is going to pay above their pay grade? Number two, we have the Tampa Bay wide receivers going off against the Buccaneer or sorry, the Cowboys defensive backs. Um, I feel like another strength on strength matchup. Can Trayvon Diggs repeat his performance from last year, being one of the best cornerbacks in the league? with interceptions but giving up a lot of um, yardage is he still going to be that kind of corner or is he going to be a bit more locked down or is he going to be it worse with turnover look very intrigued to watch that and then anthony brown starting opposite of him how's that look and then the cowboys wide receivers versus the bucks cornerbacks um bucks have one of the best cornerback trios in the league and how's that going to play out are they still going to be good against the Cowboys wide receivers, is Michael Gallup going to be able to start week one? Um, and then CeeDee Lamb, is he going to be able to be that dominant number one wide receiver? Personally, I'm really fading the Cowboys. I think they got a lot worse this offseason, and I think the Bucks cover and win this game. And then lastly, we have the Denver Broncos as six and a half point favorites going to Seattle going to Russ's home, facing off with the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, number one matchup of the week. Um, I mean, it's, this is, is exciting because it's Russ going home, but Geno Smith, how does he look? Does he, can he be like a competent 20th best quarterback? Like that's definitely within his range of possibilities. And then Russ, new look offense, obviously new look offense. He's going to a whole new team, but he's going to be running this Green Bay style offense. Um, is he going to still just heavily target his outside receivers? Is he going to use the middle of the field more often? How does he look in this new offense? And then the Broncos wide receivers, how do they look versus the Hawks secondary? Um, Broncos have one of the best wide receiver duos in the league with Cortland Sutton and um, Jerry Judy. Even though Judy's disappointed so far, I still have faith that he can step it up soon. And then the Hawks have two rookies starting in, um, or projected to start at least, and Kobe Bryant and... Uh, Tariq Woolen. That's obviously like a scary thing going against one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. So hopefully they can step up, or if not, these wide receivers for the Broncos are just gonna have a field day. And then how's this Broncos defensive line versus look versus the Hawks offensive line? Um, Bradley Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory, the signee from Dallas, 
They should have an amazing night against these rookie tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. But who knows if Lucas and Cross look good week one. Like that's a solid start for this young tackle duo who hopefully like the Seattle Seahawks are hoping are going to be the duo for the next 10 plus years. I do think the Broncos win this game, but I have the Hawks covering something about the revenge aspect. I feel like the Seahawks are going to buy into that a little bit more than Russ is, and Pete Carroll's going to want to hang in this game and make it a lot closer than a lot of people think it should be. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Let me know what you guys think. Are you guys as super excited as I am for this week? Um, it feels like freaking Christmas all over again. Uh, if you're on YouTube, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Let me know what you guys think there. And if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be getting this, leave a five-star review. And yeah, I'll see you all next time.